Well, if you believe in Christmas miracles, how many of y'all believe in Christmas miracles? Yeah. Well, for those of you who believe that I can preach in about 15 minutes, good luck. Wasn't that an incredible story? It really was. And you know what? The truth is, and I was telling the family this week, you know, we really don't know when Jesus was born. I was telling Judy down in Florida, you know, we just don't know. Chances of it being December 25th are just about nil, but that's the year that we celebrate the birth of Jesus. We don't know how many wise men there were. That's absolutely true. And in my nativity set, we've got an innkeeper, sure enough. In fact, on Christmas Eve, we're going to talk about that very thing, not really knowing what was going on today in the story, but we're going to talk about the nativity and some of the things that are just a little bit goofy uh, that we've adapted and put into our nativity sets. So we have the true story, though, that Jesus Christ has come. And when you hear the story and we see the children, it's so wonderfully idealistic. But the truth is, you know, for Christmas, for a lot of people, it's really a hard time of the year. Um, some of you are facing surgery coming up pretty quick. Um, some of you just went to the cemetery and, and said goodnight to a loved one. Some of you are facing Christmas this year for the first time by yourself. And it's hard. It's hard. And maybe that's why we, we so much try to uh, try to build Christmas up. You know, back in 1941, the number one selling song, not for that year and not for that decade, was written. Y'all know what it is? White Christmas. The most popular song ever recorded, 50 million copies, number one selling song, was White Christmas. And it starts out something like this. I probably know the words, but... Might as well get them out. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, just like the ones I used to know where the treetops glisten and children listen to hear sleigh bells in the snow. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas just with every Christmas card I write. May your days be merry and bright, and may all your Christmases be white. But what you don't know about that song is, is that there's an introduction to that song. It goes something like this. Irving Berlin wrote it. The sun is shining. The grass is green, the orange and palm trees sway. There has never been such a day in Beverly Hills, L.A. But it's December the 24th, and I am longing to be up north. You know, for some of you, this is the best time of the year. You have not been to the doctor this year, and you've not had to say goodnight to someone. And you know what you're saying? You know what your Christmas dream would be? I want this year. Life is good, but oh, but Christmas makes it just a little bit better. But for some of you, there's another introduction that someone wrote and sang to this song that goes like this. The sun's been hiding. The streets are gray. The rain has been falling down. Seems everyone wears a frown. For Christmas in London town, it reminds me each time I roam, I'm longing to come back home. See, the reality is that Christmas sometimes is not the joyful occasion that we want it to be. And I want to just pick up real quick on the theme that we had using Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. If you want to take your Bibles there and hear the Christmas story again. Three myths, not about Christmas, but about your life that I hope will bring joy to Christmas this year for you. The first is this. Number one, the myth is Rome rules. Rome rules. Look at the scripture with me. The Bible says in Luke chapter one, verses, or Luke chapter two, verse one through three, and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this census took place while Cyrenius was governing Syria, so all went to be registered, every one to his own city. Now, put yourself in, in their situation that day. You see, their story is really our story. 
they were an oppressed people. Rome ruled with an iron hand. With, when Rome said jump, you jumped. It didn't matter that you're nine months pregnant. It didn't matter how far you had to go. The bottom line was the Roman government said, hey, we're going to have a census. We want to collect more taxes. We want your men for the army. So we're going to have a census. We're going to count the people. And you've got to do this. And that's exactly what happened. Rome spoke and you jumped. Isn't it true in your life? Don't you sometimes feel like that you're like a pawn in life? And that your life is sometimes controlled by circumstances and people that could really give a flip about you and your life and where you are? I mean, someone gets the flu in the Middle East and gas goes up a dime. I mean, if the economy in Germany uh, somehow looks dismal, we lose half our 401Ks. We, we go to the doctor for the normal checkup, and he does a routine blood test, and all of a sudden our life has changed forever. You know, the truth is, it seems like we're just pawns in this world. But here's the myth buster. Rome was not in charge. And people and circumstances are not in charge of your destiny, that God is. In Psalm 33, it says this, The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the people of no effect. God says, I control governments. In fact, I control people and their plans. He goes on and says, the counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart to all generations. God says, it's me. I'm in control and I'm in charge. But listen, that doesn't make it easy. That doesn't make it painless. Because God is in control of your life, it doesn't mean that everything's going to be a white Christmas. It doesn't mean that everything's going to be okay. You remember what usually stands right there where that couch is? Those of you who go to church here? It's a wooden cross. And the cross was painful. And the cross was bloody. And the cross called the death of a man. But it had a purpose. And the purpose was to redeem people like me and you so we could be adopted, as the kids sang, adopted into the family of God. And I want you to know something, guys. Your life will have pain in it. With or without God, your life is going to have pain. But with God in the mix, all of a sudden you have purpose. A a promise written a long time ago in the book of Jeremiah says this. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Any preacher will stand up here and promise you if you trust God that your life will be perfect as a liar. Because Jesus didn't say that. He said in this world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Let's bust the myth. The government's not in charge. You're not pawns in some mindless scheme of circumstances. You are a creation of God who loves you and has a purpose for your life. The second myth we find in verses 4 through 5. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, unto Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was with the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. Now get this picture. They're going where? Come on, we, we talk sometimes. They're going where? To Bethlehem. Okay? Bethlehem is 70 to 80 miles. Say 70 to 80 miles. 70 to 80 miles away from Nazareth. What's the transportation? 
It was not a one-horse sleigh. It was not a white SUV. They did not climb into a car and make this journey. In fact, one of myths, once again, what do you always see Mary riding on? A donkey. Not in the Bible. We don't know if she walked or she rode a donkey. But the bottom line was she was nine months pregnant. She's the lady that you see in the foyer and you look at and go, you are going to pop. That's where they were. 70, 80 miles. And the crazy part is, it was all about God. The journey to Bethlehem and even her pregnancy was all about God. And here's the second myth. That if I obey God, that if I serve God, then all roads are smooth. That on my journey to my Bethlehem, it's a super highway. And I have a new car to travel in with air conditioning. Guess what? It wasn't true for Mary and Joseph. And it's not going to be true for you. Pain and suffering are part of life. And just because you obey God, just because you serve God, does not mean that that's not in your life. But here's what I can promise you. I can promise you this, that God always keeps his word. Now, where was Jesus born? In Bethlehem. In Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, the prophet spoke hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus and said, You, Bethlehem, out of you shall come a great ruler, speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ. So God had to get Mary and Joseph from here to there. And guess what? They made it. Somehow, some way, God was going to get them to Bethlehem. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is in Mark chapter 4. It's where Jesus says to the guys, hey, we're going to get into the boat and we're going to the other side. Halfway through, this huge storm came. And where's Jesus? He's asleep. And they go and shake him and wake him up and say, Jesus, Master, don't you care that we're about to drown? Help, but Jesus wanted to go, dude, I told you we were going to the other side. He didn't promise them no storms. He didn't promise them smooth sailing. He simply said, we're going to the other side. In your life, in your Christmases, God didn't promise them everyone would be white. But he did promise that he would keep his word. He promised Bethlehem. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And the promises of God that are in his word, you can claim and believe. Well, Dwayne, what can I take home then about God? He'll always be with you. Every step of the way, he was marrying Joseph. And every step of the way, he'll be with you. Listen to the psalm. It's a great psalm. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. You said, Bethlehem, it's going to happen. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides. God will be faithful. The book of Hebrews, God's word says, I promise to, now please get this. I promise to never leave you, nor forsake you. God's in it for the long haul with you. He'll be there with you. You can dream of a white Christmas. But the fact is, it may not be white. But you can have a God-filled and God-centered Christmas. The last one's this. How many of y'all were raised with a saying, you're slower than Christmas? 
Remember that? Now, that's true when you're a kid. But when you start paying the bills, Christmas runs around a whole lot quicker. In fact, I'm almost certain I'm at the age now, I'm 57, it's time to just leave the tree up. That's how fast it comes. But when I was a kid, Christmas took forever to get here. Now, come on, be honest with me. Sometimes, doesn't it seem like God's slower than Christmas? Doesn't it seem like that God's never on time? Doesn't it seem like that God's either early, God's ever either late, or God doesn't show up at all in your life? It's a myth. In fact, look what it says. So it was, in other words, and I think some translations say this, it happened. Just like God said, it happened. Bethlehem happened. The virgin conceived. It happened. Jesus was born. It happened. So it was that while they were there, where's there? Bethlehem. Nine months pregnant, poorer than church mice, they made it to Bethlehem. While they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Right on time. There was no chance that Mary was going to have that baby on some roadside park, some rest area on the superhighway called life. She had an appointment with destiny. God said so. And she was going to make it to Bethlehem. And she did. And she brought forth her firstborn daughter. Did you know they didn't have ultrasounds back then? Did you know you couldn't go to your doctor and then put the thing on your belly and roll around and say, you're going to have a boy or a girl? There's a 50-50 chance either God was going to be true or God was going to be a liar. And what did she have? A boy. Because that's exactly what God said would happen. For under her was born a son. She brought forth her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. God's right on time, folks. In fact, that verse that I have on my sermon sheet that the kids used... In the fullness of time, at just the right moment, God brought forth His Son. Why was 2,100 years ago such a great time to have the Savior of the world be born? There was a common language that, was, that propagated the spreading of the gospel. It was Koine Greek. The Roman Empire, remember what it said about that God brings the council of nations to naught? The Roman Empire had built road after road after road, making it easy for the gospel to spread. It was a perfect time in time of history because God said it was time and Rome was just a puppet in the hands of God. And Mary brought forth her son that we might be adopted just like Michelle. That God is willing to bring us into His family. So I don't know. Anybody here watch the Weather Channel? Been watching. No white Christmas this year. We got a picture of our daughter and us standing in the backyard last year. And it's about one or two days before Christmas. And it was snowing so beautifully. And the snow was still on the ground. And uh, not this year. Probably not a white Christmas. But you know what you can leave here with? Something greater than a dream. You can leave here with the reality of knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I, I know 
you were probably hoping to get here without a value thing from me. We weren't going to let that happen. We, we are so glad the kids sang. And they, of all the ones they've done before, this was the most powerful gospel presentation I've ever heard. Amen? Powerful gospel presentation. And some of those kids that are related to you, some of them, maybe a majority of them, have made a commitment to Jesus Christ, the one who was born on Christmas Day. And you know what they're dreaming of? They're dreaming of a daddy who will say yes to Jesus. They're dreaming of a mom who will say yes to Jesus. They're dreaming of a home where Jesus is Lord and King. And that is a dream that you can make come true by making your commitment to Jesus Christ. And as a mom and dad, making sure your home is where Jesus rules. Make their dream come true today. In the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son. Rome doesn't rule. God does. God does. Our life is not a series of circumstances. We're not just pawns in some mindless game of people. Our lives in our hands—it's in the hands of Almighty God. That's what this is about today. That's what Christmas is about. Would you bow your heads right there? In just a moment, I'm going to have you stand, and uh, I think somebody's going to come up and try to play something on the piano. I promise you this, Christmas will be more real to you than ever before. Not by what you open on Christmas morning, but what you do with Jesus Christ today. And if you know Him today, just be reminded. Don't buy into the myths of this world. When your circumstances scream at you that there is no God or He is not in control, you believe the Word of God. When it seems like that the promises aren't coming true, just keep believing the Word of God. When it seems like that God's late, or maybe He's not going to show up at all, just keep believing the promises of God. In just a moment, I'm going to have Brother Brent go ahead and stand forward here. And I know, you know this is like crazy to some of you guys, like, well, like what are you doing? It's called our time of decision. You've heard the kids sing about it, and you've heard me speak about it. Maybe you'd like to have the Christ of Christmas come in and be part of your life. Well, Dwayne, why do I need to come forward for it? That's kind of embarrassing. Well, first off, we'll have everybody bow their heads, so that's not an issue. But the bottom line is, Brent and some friends would like to share with you what the Bible says about making a commitment to Jesus Christ. That's why we have this time of invitation to come forward. He is inviting you today to be a part of of his massive, wonderful family. And that's what we want to do. So I'm going to leave this in a word of prayer. I'm going to have you stand with your head bowed in just a moment. Ask the guys to play through a hymn or two, a verse or two, and give you the opportunity to trust Jesus Christ as Savior. Let's pray. Father, today in song and, and now in word, we've heard the powerful truths of how great a God you are. And I'm glad, Father, that Rome does not rule. I'm so grateful for that. I'm glad your promises are true. You've never lied once and you never will. And I'm glad you're always on time. I'm glad, Lazarus, would agree that you're always on time. Even when it seems like you're not. Father, in a crowd this size, most certainly there are folks 
who have never described the reality of your birth and your life and your death, Jesus. May today be that day. And Jesus, I pray in your precious name. Amen.